today I went on ahead and sent sent uh sent him the pictures of him, you know, that I thought he, he should have. They were nice pictures and sent those and deleted everything else. Deleted the number, the contact, the text thread, the insta, everything. All pictures, all voicemails, deleted my whole contact, like phone list, so it's clean. Get out of here. Get out of here. So, yeah, I feel I feel much better. And, like, I was kind of holding off on doing that. Um, <clears throat> and then also, like, I remember I was talking to somebody, and she was saying how, you know, she can stay friends with her, you know, with her uh, exes. And I was just like, not me. You know, not me. I don't want to. And it's, it kind of, maybe it came off like a bitter thing. Right. But it's not bitter. It's, it's not like, oh, I don't want to see you, you know, in your life. It's not that. It's self-preservation. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're not together, there's no need for me to check up on you. There's no need for me to talk to you and, you know, try to hang out with you. I don't need to be your friend. I don't wish you no harm. But we don't have to be friends because we're not together. And I know what it was like when we're together. And I either want that or I want you to leave me alone. There's no in between for me. And since I can't have that, just leave me alone. And I don't I don't want to have no memories. I don't want to sit here and be reminded. I don't want to feel sad on a date and just read through your messages or look through your pictures. No, I don't want to do that. You go on. Godspeed. God bless. And that's mm-hmm. that. You know? Yeah. And we were able to get to that place. Well, I was able to get to that place today. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Single Dog Mom. I am your host, Shayna. And of course, never too far from me is my co-host, my four-year-old French Bulldog, Luke. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into this phone call. So um, me and my friend were, well, mostly my friend was uh, talking about, um, you know, an experience that she had with um, breaking up with someone and like kind of the steps that she took after with like, you know, um, sending him pictures that she might, um, that he might have wanted or like, you know, deleting him from social. Um, And I definitely can relate to um, a lot of that. I also thought that this was an appropriate conversation for uh, today's episode, because we are going to be talking about family um, for my confession. And I think it's, um, there's a, there's like another piece of things that you do when you break up with someone, because often when you break up with someone, you break up with their family, you know, as well, which I can definitely um, relate to. So I think, like I said, it'll um, definitely be like a good segue into the the confession that I have later. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, those are all things that you kind of have to, I like to think of as like administrative work after you like break up with someone like a, a, a romantic relationship or a, a friendship, you know, those are things that it's just like, okay, do I want to be reminded of this person? Um, if so, I'll just leave you know, if I don't care, I'll just leave everything as is. Um, but if I don't want to be reminded, let me like take the steps to, you know, get rid of these memories. So I don't have to like worry about them. Um, so definitely heard her and can totally relate to, um, like, I think she said something about 
dragging her feet on on doing it or like she had been wanting to but she kind of like didn't want to or something like that as far as like deleting him from social or something and um yeah i can relate um now i'm not sure if i can relate for the same reasons i'm not i'm not sure but um i know that i didn't want to um delete my instagram or delete yeah i guess it was either i had this i had to do this last year and i ended up deleting my my personal instagram and I was like, okay, do I just delete all of his pictures from, you know, from my Instagram or do I just delete like my entire Instagram? And for a bit, I was like, I'm just going to leave it like as is like, you know, this is my life. This is how my life has been going since I started Instagram in 2012 up until now. Like I'm not going to delete, you know, th these, these memories because this is my life, you know, but at the same time, it was just like, kind of annoying if I did go back and look and like see his face because like I like I said um sometimes people don't even care if they like see a, a memory or a picture of their ex they don't care but like me I just didn't want to see that kind of shit on my Instagram you know what I mean so instead of deleting all the pictures of him I did go ahead and just fully delete my Instagram and um it kind of sucked because like I said it was years um of of memories from 2012 but whatever, like I'll make new ones, you know? And um, as far as Facebook though, um, I, I don't have time, honestly, to go through every single, um, you know, photo, like all the albums and all the mobile uploads. Like, you know, the Facebook is a little bit different because like the pictures could be in multiple places, like tagged photos, all of this, it's just a lot. And I don't like, I'm not gonna delete my Facebook and make a new one because of that, you know what I mean? Um, so what I do is, um, I like, if it, if a picture of me and him or him comes up as a memory, I will just, um, delete it as I get the memory, like reminders <laughs> every morning on Facebook. And it's pretty, like pretty much daily ish. Um, this morning I did have a, a photo, um, memory from Facebook from the, um, engagement photo shoot. And so it's just like, you know, I'll see it and it'll be like six years ago today or like, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, girl, this is, <laughs> it's so annoying. And I know one time I like, I posted about it on Facebook because it honestly just kills me every time. Like I'll just get on Facebook looking for an update from my friends and I'll see like a picture of him like a year ago today or two years ago today or whatever, you know, it's kind of annoying. But like I said, I just delete them as I go. I'm not going to delete my entire Facebook for that. Um, but Instagram, I did. I did. So yeah, like I said, um, later in this episode during my confession, I will kind of wrap up the whole um, breaking up with family um, things. And then next week in the um, phone call with my friend, you will hear kind of like my response to everything that she was saying and um, how I feel about um, staying in touch with, with your ex when you guys break up. Okay, you guys, it is time for this week's Hot Dog Topic. Hot Dog Topics is current events, but make it relatable and make it about dogs. So um, slow week, not going to lie, slow week. <laughs> it was tough trying to figure out what I was going to talk about. Um, but inevitably, um, since I did binge it like 
last week or the week before-ish, um, Love is Blind. <laughs> so if you guys have not watched Love is Blind and you plan on it, definitely um, these are um, spoilers. So please like fast forward to the confession. But for those of you who have watched Love and Blind, here is uh, my two cents. So I guess I just want to, what I'm going to do is like go through all these couples and just give my two cents on like what this, this, this madness was. Now, um, Love is Blind season one, I loved. Like I could not get enough of it. Uh, me and my nephew binge watched it like whatever last summer, this, the, the winter before, I don't remember, 2020, I think is when it came out. Um, but um, yeah, loved it. Like I thought that everything was, uh, all the relationships were very um, real. Obviously with it being a brand new show and the new concept, like, you know, nobody really knew how to act. So they like set the precedent for a season two which I think that like now that it's season two, people kind of like, and there was like no changes to the concept of the show, you know, um, people kind of maybe went into it um, with some like other motives, you know, for like mo mostly like stardom, um, I think personally. So yeah, this, this season was like um, kind of a drag because I thought a lot of it was like dumb, <laughs> um, but nonetheless, um, definitely some quality, um, or trashy um, entertainment, and um, I, it, it kept my attention for like a few days. So in no particular order, here are the couples. So Ayana and Jarrett, so Ayana and Jarrett did go ahead and um, get engaged, I'm sorry, married um, at the end. Now, look, as far as like, as far as Jarrett saying, okay, um, like, you know, he wanted to propose to the other girl, um, but she said, you know, he did propose to the other girl and she said no. So then he proposed to Ayana, like, Ayana knowing that, I don't think, and I know there's like been a lot of people saying what they would have done. And it's very hard to say what you would have done in like these situations where it's just like, you know, they did come on the show to ultimately find love and to get proposed to. So like, Ayana did get proposed to, you know what I mean? So understand, I do understand the, like kind of why she said yes, but it's like, girl, this you are this man's second choice. Like literally in the same day, this girl turned him down and said, no, that he's not, she's not going to marry him. So he just turned around and asked you, like he was never going to ask you, you know what I mean? And so like, that's wild. But um, nonetheless, I think they are very cute. I love Ayana. She's like my favorite person on there. And if I had to pick a favorite guy, like Jarrett would be my favorite. Um, they're very goofy. I think they're um, um, like banter is very um, organic and I think they're cute. And I really like have my fingers crossed for them, like, you know, uh, working and everything. And like I said about um, stardom, like they are getting, they're in their whole bag right now, Ayana and Jarrett. They're like on tour you know they're like doing all these interviews they're um getting to meet all these celebrities and stuff like that so like I don't know what they like are go if they're going to continue like their personal careers like I know that Ayana was maybe getting her master's degree in something I don't remember and I don't know I think Jared's an entrepreneur I don't know what the, I don't know what these people do I just know that um Shake's a veterinarian everybody else I have no clue what these people do for, <laughs> for work but yeah I don't know but if they wanted to like just like write this out. I think that they can, um, you know, definitely like just make their, their living off of um, the stardom that they got from here. All right, moving on to Deep D and Shake. So Shake's an asshole. Deep D has a heart of pure, pure gold. I don't know how she put up with this man's um, 
stupid remarks, um, just arrogant, stupid things that he was saying, like on 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 a regular basis. Um, even his mom told him that you know if she were Deepthi, she wouldn't be like you know entertaining him because Sheikh was an asshole. Um, his behavior at the reunion, um, definitely, I don't think that he um, joined the this project or whatever they were calling it, this experiment for the right reasons. Um, he definitely did not understand the concept of love being blind. And Shake's not even all that cute. Like, why do you, like his, his standards, like for women were so high. Like, you know, when people have those kind of like all these like men must look like that and women must look like that and stuff like that. You would expect that Shake is like, you know, fine. And Shake is not fine. Shake is like average. You know what I mean? So it was just weird that he was like, and you know, Deep D's not my type. Deep D's beautiful. So anyway, Deep D has a heart of gold. I can't believe that she didn't lose her shit at the reunion. Um, I listened to a podcast earlier today that Deep D was on and she still is just like, you know, if Shake ever needs anything, like I got his back, no problem. But she also was like, I never want to speak to him again, but she's not going to like leave him out in the cold. If he actually needed something, she'd be there. And it's just like, you go girl, you know, you go. So I don't have that in me. Um, all right, moving on. Next couple, Mallory and Salvador. Oh my God, this is the girl that um, Jarrett uh, proposed to, right? Yeah, he had proposed to. Yeah, Mallory. I don't like Mallory. Like I don't. I can't even put my finger on it. But like, I just don't like her. I don't know what it is. Especially when she was calling Jarrett Jar Bear. It's like, girl, why are you calling him that? That is so cheesy. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I really don't even have a good excuse as to why I don't like this girl. But I told my sister and my sister agreed. So it was like something like with her that is just like not likable. So I'm standing in that and I'm, I'm not changing my mind on that. Uh, I feel really bad for Salvador because Mallory clearly did not like him. And it's just like, how come, how are you not seeing this? You know, and maybe he was so blinded by love that he was just like, well, she accepted my proposal. So like, she may as well, like, you know, I'm just going to put up with her, like rolling her eyes at me all the time. <laughs> like, you know, she was a bitch to him. And um, somehow, you know, he, somehow he didn't see it. Now who, who said no at the altar? Because they, they went to the altar and somebody said, I think it was Mallory that said no. No, no, no. It was Salvador that said no, I think. And good for him. He finally got his shit together at the wedding because Mallory was not into you. And all, you know, all of the things that he knew um, that, that were starting to become clear about the relationship that she kind of wanted with Jared, um, you know, were, were like coming out. And so definitely happy that he snapped into it. And I'm glad that that did not work out because that was just, whew, that was, that was too much. Um, Danielle and Nick didn't see this coming. I don't know. Like I, I heard that they got engaged really fast. So I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention to their story or if it truly was just like that fast that like, it, it just happened too quick for me to even catch them. But like, I didn't recognize that they had gotten engaged in, until they were on the, um, in Mexico. And, and Danielle was just crying all over the place. And this girl is so dramatic. And so they're a couple who actually went to the altar and they both said yes. So they're like present day married. And I cannot believe that. Like, I'm just, I'm shocked rather because she's just so like, 
not not dramatic. She's insecure. And, you know, um, Nick is just so much mature than she is, um, so much more mature than she is. I think he's, like, also 10 years older than she is, too. So it, like, definitely showed when, like, you know, she went to his house and his house was all, like, perfectly clean. And, you know, then they go to her house and she has, like, a drum set in the living room and stuff like that. And I was just like, they are not going to work. They are not going to work. But they're still married. So like I said, this is this is a true testament of love being blind, allegedly. Um, you know, we'll, we'll never know. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a shocker that they're still married because not even not even um them seeing each other's each other's homes. Danielle just like being so insecure about everything and like focusing on the smallest thing that, that Nick said and like crying over it and making it herself seem like, you know, she's like oh, woe is me over some shit. And he's just like, what? He's like, no, that's not what I meant. Like, I I feel for Nick if that's what he's still going through because Danielle was just just off the wall with some of the shit that she was getting upset and hurt about. All right, so Shane out here making all the Shanas look bad, okay? I don't know um, what is going on with her. And I also don't know what's going on with Kyle because that was another person that was just clear as day. Shayna did not like him she left him on the honeymoon. Like she literally like went back to Chicago from, from Mexico. She, and he was like, Oh yeah, I guess she just like, you know, needed some space. No, she, she said she was leaving and she said she was single And like, love cannot be that blind Kyle. You know what I mean? I had no clue that Kyle and deep D were actually um, well connected in that Kyle was thinking of proposing to deep D. Um, so that would have been cute. And I think that um, present day, Deep D and Kyle may be like dating or whatever. So that's cute. I hope that works out because that seemed a lot more genuine. And Shayna obviously had a thing for um, Shane and Shayna, you know, Kyle's an atheist. Like this is just not going to work. And it was very clear um, from the beginning. But again, Kyle, I guess just was, was thinking with, or looking with just his love goggles on and, and nothing else. And, Bless his heart. Um, all right. Natalie and Shane. Natalie grew on me. She was another, like, she was up there with Mallory. She was up there. I was just like, I don't like Natalie for some reason. And I really think it was because she was so, so mean. But I will say this. Natalie, her personality, um, I feel like I know her. Like, I feel like um, in high school, like, you know, girls would act like, some of, some of my friends, um, rather, would, would kind of act like this, like this, like, bitchy personality attitude but it's just like oh that's just natalie like you know that's just how natalie is like that's very much how she i wonder how old she is maybe that's could be a factor as well um but i know that um it seems like their personalities didn't really like mesh and so i didn't really see what they saw in each other um and also like another uh, another um situation with like jared um or similar to jared where shane kind of wanted shana and um he didn't know. Oh, yeah. And Natalie's dumb because why would she accept uh, Would You Be My Girlfriend? Like, this is not that kind of show. This show is called Love is Blind and we're getting married in, uh, after 14 days of dating. So if he's not proposing to you, Shane sat up there and asked Natalie, will you be my girlfriend? Whole time, he just did that because he wanted to, like, keep her close but he also wanted to work things out with Shayna and see where that was gonna go so Natalie was just like so happy that he asked her to be his girlfriend or whatever and she was like and I said yes 
I would have been like, Shane, now why are you asking me to be your girlfriend and not your wife? Like, why you can't ask me to be your wife then? If you want me to be your girlfriend, tell me about that. Like, talk about that with me. You know what I mean? And like, some of these people just didn't do enough talking. And um, I know it was like a, a speed round of like <laughs> engagements and everything. But like, come on, like you could ask a question about why he asked you to be his girlfriend and not his wife, because that was like a dead giveaway. So, oh, oh Lord. But anyway, um, finally, Natalie was, um, you know, came to her senses at the wedding as well. And she um, turned Shane down at the altar. And um, yeah, I, like I said, she grew on me. I started out not really liking Natalie or Natalie and Shane's relationship. And then towards the end, they were kind of like my favorite couple um, vibes. Um, had it not been for how cute like Jarrett and um, Ayana were like at the very end. But yeah, I wanted them to work. I think that's very sad. Um, in any event, I know it's it's reality TV and we we love to we love to hate it. And I know that I cannot wait for um, season three. But yeah, just my little two cents on the, the couples from Love is Blind season two. And of course, you guys, this would not be Hot Dog Topics if we did not make this about dogs in some way. So I thought that um, on the same kind of Love is Blind kind of um, theme, um, I actually did not know what Luke looked like until the day that we got him. Like, um, I have, I think maybe I explained this in the past, but like my ex-husband was like pretty much the one who was like, I'm going to get a dog. And I, I wasn't taking him. I didn't really think that he was all that serious until like the day of, and he was like, oh, I'm getting a dog and this is what he looks like. And I was like, oh, and like, you guys, I thought Luke was so ugly. I was like, and this is a dog that you chose? He just like, he, he, I don't know. He's obviously now I think he's the most, he's the cutest dog ever in the whole world. Like no dog is cuter than him and all that stuff. But like when I first saw that little baby, baby puppy Luke, it was just, I, I didn't see it. I was like, I don't, this dog is not cute. And you want to breed him and like have little Lukes running around. You know what I mean? So love, um, I guess was blind for me and Luke because it, it took him like a few gazes and stares for me to like really look at him and be like, okay, this dog is cute. I guess. Oh, you know what it was too? His ears, like with those those French bulldogs, they their ears are big as hell just from birth. You know what I mean? Like it's just he was so small, but his ears were so big. He just looked so weird. And I just, I don't know. I just, I was like, this is such a weird looking dog. But obviously he grew into those ears and Luke is just the cutest little thing. Watch him talking about him all night. I'm sure he's going to be walking over here any minute now. Um, but yeah, that'll do it for the um, Love is Blind chat. And All right, you guys, so before we get into my weekly confession, I do want to let you know how you can support and keep up with us during the week. So if you have any questions or you want to share your opinion with the podcast, email us at hello at singledogmom.com. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at The Single Dog Mom. Visit our website, blog, and shop www.singledogmom.com and right now if you're listening on apple Podcasts or spotify do me a quick favor and tap that five star rating if you love the show thank you so much to everyone who has already done one or all of those things love you thank you bye all right so um let's go ahead and get into my confession today um yeah so we're gonna wrap up the family friends and finances um episode or uh 
three or four episodes or whatever. Um, curious to know, like, you know, what you guys are thinking um, for a few reasons. First reason is because um, we're actually wrapping up this entire um, marriage series. And um, yeah, it's, it's slowly but surely coming to an end. So today's episode will be about um, family. Next week's episode will be titled, Why Did I Get Divorced? And that will clearly be um, just like the final straw on what made me say I want a divorce for real this time. And the episode after that will be um, Life After Marriage. Um, and that that won't wrap up the season. I think I'll do like a, a life update after that and like a, a few other, like maybe one or two more episodes. But yeah, you guys, so we are... Um, getting into the end of the marriage series. So my offer still stands. If anyone has any questions, um, you know, now is your time to speak or forever hold your peace. I will maybe answer them in the life after marriage um, episode. Um, but um, yeah, that that is, um, yeah, that's one thing. And I, I, I said this before, but I'm, I'm dead ass. Like, I don't plan on talking about my marriage or anything like that <laughs> anymore after this. I realized that um, this is something that not a lot of people talk about. So that's why I wanted to share it with everyone because I'm not ashamed or embarrassed of it. Um, and I think it's just, um, it's just a part of my life that happened. You know, it's not like a secret, but um, I do think it's interesting that like, you know, we know so many things about people getting together and things like that, but you know, we know so little about um, them getting divorced. So here's all my business for everyone to, to know about. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and get into my um, confession about family. So like I said at the beginning, um, when you break up um, from, from like any kind of uh, like boyfriend and girlfriend relationship or even a marriage, you know, sometimes um, depending on how the relationship ended, it, it, it is kind of necessary um, or like obvious that, you know, you won't be speaking to that person or the family um, anymore. And that definitely um, has been the case for um, a few of my ex-husband's um, family members. And um, yeah, I'll talk about that now. I also, I, I think I said um, that I was going to do the family episode after Friends. And the reason that I didn't do the family episode after Friends and I decided to switch it up from family to um, finances and then family is because this, this here, um, like everything that I've said up until now, like it's pretty much like people knew, you know what I mean? Like even the finances thing, like mostly people knew what was going on, you know? Um, but this family topic is not something that I've really said out loud to mostly anyone. Um, so it definitely will be, um, kind of hard for me to say, and I just wasn't ready to say it at that time, but without further ado, I'm going to stop rambling and talk about it. So, um, I'll break this up into a few, um, pieces. So first is before marriage. How did, um, you know, our relationship stand with um, our families. Everything was good before we got married. Um, you know, I mentioned that he's from Louisiana. We lived in Texas and I'm from Vegas. So we traveled to Louisiana a bit, you know, to see his family. We traveled to Vegas a bit to see uh, my family. Um, the wedding itself was actually in Vegas and we wanted to do that so that our, our families could all meet. So um, it would just be, have been easier for my family living in Vegas and then my um the rest of my family living in California to drive over. And then um, a lot of his family just hadn't been to Vegas. So we thought it would like be kind of fun that way too. 
Um, so really good at the beginning. Um, again, the wedding was all good. Um, you know, my parents helped with the wedding. His parents helped with the wedding. Um, uh, like our families got to meet. Everything was great. Um, I will say this. I got, um, I got, I, I, so some advice that I got about um, your wedding day. And I think this was great advice. And I would, you know, if I ever get married again and do have a wedding, um, and if any of you that are listening um, are going to have a wedding, um, I will say that when they turn, when they say like, you know, and now presenting Mr. and Mrs. whoever, um, when you turn around and you look at all the people that are there for you, um, take that in. Because what that's what those people have committed to, you know, by coming to your wedding is that, you know, they support you so that um, however long you guys will be married, um, they're they're standing there with you. You know, they love you. They're um, pretty much like family and friends and things like that. And they're there for you if you need anything. You know, that's a lot of what people say, like in the cards that I got um, at my um, wedding and stuff like that um, in particular that pretty much like front row-ish, right? Um, so like in the front row would be like your your parents, your grandparents. Um, my bridesmaids were my, um, so my, one of my sisters was my matron of honor. The other was my maid of honor. My little sister was my junior bridesmaid. And then I had a, two other um, bridesmaids. And then all of his groomsmen were his brothers, um, right? So those people that have agreed to be in your wedding party, you know, have, really agree to like, you know, it's not just this wedding that I'm agreeing to, you know, stand by you for. It's like, you know, this is for life. And so I think that that commitment is very serious. Um, and it's not something that should be taken lightly from a bridesmaid's perspective or, you know, mother of the bride, father of the bride, a groom and things like that. So my point with that is I'm talking about in particular those people that I just mentioned. Everybody else from row two onward, love y'all, but not necessarily talking about y'all today, you know? Um, so with that being said, um, uh, like first year of our marriage, second year of our marriage, everything was good. Like there, you know, we had no issues with family, um, still no real like blowouts with family. Like that's not this kind of conversation. Like everything was pretty much like, fine. Um, but I learned a lot about family and support in marriage when we, when he and I started facing hard times. That's when I think those relationships and those commitments that people made to, um, you know, us, not only as a couple, but as a young couple, right? Um, these are people who were um, a lot older than us, you know, that had a lot more experience and wisdom. And I think that those people's opinions and um, um, kind of help is, is valuable when, when young people get married and don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, so I would like to first shout out to the following family members of his that did reach out to me when he and I first separated, um, because that's where a lot of this stems from. Um, so I will say that two, four, five people five people um, reached out to me when he and I were separated for the first time. And this is very important because he and I separated the first time for um, something that was pretty serious and pretty hard. And so um, I feel like I didn't really have the support of his family whenever um, we, we did separate. And it just really made me feel away. 
Um, so his cousin, his his favorite cousin, best cousin, um, Cenk, he reached out to me um, through a text and was just like, hey, like I'm 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 so sorry that you're going through this. You know, um, this is when my ex-husband and I, like I said, he moved out. And, um, you know, his cousin reached out to me and was like, I'm, I'm trying to talk to him. Like, um, I just want you to know, like, I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, and what was happening was um, my ex and I were separated and we were like, maybe going to get a divorce, but I didn't really want a divorce. And he kind of was like sticking to his guns and being like, let's go ahead and get a divorce. And so it was a really, like I said, I was super depressed. Like I stopped working. Like you guys heard the story last, last week. So, um, it was a really, really hard time for me, um, that I think I did need a lot of support. And so I really appreciate, um, his cousin for reaching out to me and really trying his best to like, kind of talk some sense into my ex-husband about like, you know, this is like definitely work outable. Um, and then, um, uh, two couples that are, friends of my ex-husband's that honestly were family to us. Um, they were a couple that, two couples that were our same age. When my ex-husband introduced me to these couples, he was like, yo, these are like, these are, these are my family. So these are your family. And when I met, um, LaShawn, Thea, Jordy, and Chasen, they definitely took me in um, like family and still to this day treat me like family. And it was definitely like a family bond that we had, but, um, yeah, love those, love those guys. But yeah, those, so th those couples um, really tried, you know what I mean? They, they really tried. And I think that they possibly would have even tried harder if they would have known the entire like truth that I was like, that I kind of will tell and like kind of have um, alluded to in these like, you know, last few weeks, but, um, they were like there for me. They were trying to talk to him. They were just like, you guys, like, please work this out. Like, this is not this deep to where you guys have to, um, you know, divorce. And so that meant a lot to me. Now, on the opposite end is the family members of mine that reached, and, and oh, by the way, before I end that, that's it. Like, nobody else from his family, nobody else reached out to me for that time that we were um, separated for nine months. No one. So, um, it didn't have me feeling away until my dad came to town. My dad came to town for my graduation and birthday. Um, I was turning 30 and I was graduating the like same week in like my entire family came to town, but my dad came to town first. Um, so what happened was my dad finally told me one day, he was like, he's like, Hey, I'm trying to reach out to, you know, so-and-so, um, he's not answering his phone. Like, I'm really trying to talk to him while I'm out here. You know, my dad was out in Dallas for like two weeks. He was like, I'm trying to talk to him. And, um, you know, he's not answering his phone. And my dad was like calling him and calling him and calling him. And it's just like, first of all, how rude is that? Like you see my dad calling you, even if you were just to answer the phone and be like, you know what? Hey, Mr. Johnson, like, thank you so much for reaching out. Don't fuck with your daughter. Like, I don't want to get back with her. Like, whatever that conversation would be, like, how could you let my dad, who's like, just trying to help, blow your phone up and you just like, oh, I didn't see it or like, whatever the fuck you said. Like, if during the time that he and I were separated, if one of his parents called me, I would have most definitely answered my phone. You know what I mean? It didn't happen. But um, I just think that that is the respectful thing to do. And I just felt 
like he disrespected me when he like had my dad out there just like calling him you the least you could could have done was answer his his phone call so that's when kind of like I became like alert to the fact that my family was reaching out to him so I know that my mom reached out to him my dad reached out to him several times my sisters both of my older sisters reached out to him my sister's husband reached out to him and it's just like why is it that my family was you know when you turned around and they they, the the um person (laughs) announced us as husband and wife um when we turned around and we saw our parents and our, our brothers and sisters were our, our bridesmaid and groomsmen, why is it just that my family was reaching out to you, trying to help us like navigate through this hard time that we were having? And why is it that no like immediate family members of his reached out to me? Like that deeply, deeply hurt me because I feel like I needed that. Um, and I also, did, I just didn't kind of feel like it was fair that, um, my family was kind of doing all that work. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm looking at my notes. So I will also read the um, text message for context as to like why this situation where we separated for the first time was like work outable. Um, because it was a very serious thing that happened, but it wasn't like the end of the world, you know, if I'm being honest. And so this, I'm glad that I kept this text message, but this is a text that I sent him where I, I did, I am the one that said I wanted a divorce. Um, uh oh, sorry. Hold on. My phone's going to die. Hold on just a second. Um, Okay, so I am the one who um, said I wanted a divorce. So I will just like set the scene for you really quickly. So um, this was 2018 when we got separated. Um, 2018, I know that I um, got done telling you guys last week that I had bought the truck. And then um, not only did I buy that truck, but um, I, I got the job thinking that I was going to be making more. Um, and then realizing on the second week out of training that I wasn't going to be making, um, commissions like I thought I was going to be making, which would have like kind of put me in that range that I was making at my previous job. And so when I came home and I told my husband, like, I was like, oh my God, like I'm not making commission like that I thought I was. And he was like, okay. So knowing that he was like, knowing that you're not going to be making as, as much money as you thought you were, do you still think that you should get this truck? And I was like, yes, I deserve it. So yes, I do think I should still get the truck. <laughs> and so, um, you know, that's one thing. Um, another thing is that um, um, oh, since I since I was making less money, since I was less available, right? I was in school. I was, um, you know. I was making less money than I was making at my my previous job. I was also now spending more money on a car than I was at my previous job because I had a car note that I didn't have before. Um, you know, so it was like I wasn't able to like do the we weren't able to do the things that we used to kind of because I was just like I kind of just have enough for these bills and like maybe a little bit extra, but like I'm not about to we're not going to be able to be, you know, living like we used to. And I think that was kind of like annoying him, kind of knowing that I didn't need this truck that I was paying like 
you know, the car note of 600 and like however much insurance was and like gas. He was like, you don't even need this damn car. So he started to grow frustrated as the time went on because it obviously was just like not fair and it was like pretty dumb, right? All right. I Okay, let me just read the, the text and then I'll, I'll kind of go into um, the my other opinion. Should I have this ready? All right, so this is the text that I sent him on sometime in 2018, I think like summer of 2018, when I told him that I wanted a divorce. Um, so it says, um, 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 okay, <laughs> and I'm sorry, this is gonna get like, a lot of information is like not necessarily needed to say, but I think it's relevant, so I'm going to say it. Um, all right, so this quote, game night. You get back in the house and you try to have sex with me. I tell you I'm on my period, so no. Then you go off on me, bringing up shit that you should have mentioned long ago. You then start comparing bank accounts to me. Who has more? You then tell me how I bought a friend. Um, I said, I texted, I texted you that we needed to talk, but then I wasn't ready. That was on June 1st, 2018. I texted him. Um, I said... Um, I said some stuff about, cause he was talking about like how much money I, I, um, I'm not, I'm not saving money and stuff. And that's how he was like um, comparing bank accounts. And then I said, um, I think that you think that you're better than me. Plenty of rude things that you've said before don't hurt. But what you said to me that Thursday was hurtful and I cannot forgive you for that. I do not feel comfortable going to you and I need help. You make me feel small. Like we're not on the same team. You and I come from two different worlds. I sat on this for weeks because I'm selfish. I don't, um, I was, oh yeah, I said I was going to try to wait until I graduate, but that's selfish. Um, I'm miserable, not only with you, but I'm miserable just like in general. Um, I don't know how this is going to work, but I want a divorce. So that was a text, right? I couldn't even have this conversation with him in person because I was just like, basically what, I, what he said to me that, that night that he got home and he wanted to have sex and I said, I'm on my period. And then for whatever reason, he just like got pissed and like legitimately just like went off on me. And uh, the things that he was saying, not only things like, you know, let's compare bank accounts and stuff like that, but, you know, it's just like he was say saying very hurtful, borderline hateful things that I was just like, how can you, my husband, who's supposed to love me no matter what, um, be like spewing hate out of your mouth all because I woke up and I told you, first of all, I fucking sleep. You just woke me up. Um, but secondly, I'm on my period. Like, no, go on. You know, and like, how did, how do we get you going off on me about all these things from, from that? Like that, those aren't adding up, you know? So one thing that I said earlier in the, the season um, was that I am a person to address everything as it happens, right? He is not that way. He will not address things as they happen and he'll like let them boil up and then he'll like go off on me. So this is the first example of that happening. And um, like, I kind of, this was like the first time that it was like really bad that I was just like, whoa, like I didn't even know that you felt this way about me. You know what I mean? Um, why have you held this in for so long when you literally could have told me this a year ago? Like when I was like, you know, when I quit my job. Like, and so the point, the point that I really um, was trying to make for him is that when you are married to somebody, you guys, like as my husband, it is your job 
to call me out on my bullshit, whether you like it or not. So basically what he was doing was he saw me like I fully admitted to last week and the week before that. It was wrong. It was stupid. I thought I deserved shit. And even though I may have deserved it, I couldn't necessarily afford it because I didn't have a job. You know what I mean? So me not being in my right mind because I was operating out of like, you know what? I just spent fucking seven years of this job that literally like shit on me at the end of it. And like, I'm going to give myself everything that I deserve. Like, that's kind of like where I was with it. But you know, if he, if he was like feeling a way about me spending all this money, if he was feeling, feeling a way about me um, not working and not trying to find a job and like buying a truck, which is pretty much what he said when he blew up on me. Um, it's your job as my husband to like say, Hey, Shayna. All right, you quit your job. Totally get it. You're unhappy. You're miserable. Because I had I had been trying to quit my job since before this happened. I had been trying to quit for like at least a year. He had I had come home to many tears. I had gone to sleep crying many of times. Like he definitely knew that I was over the job. You know, so my, I'm just saying that why did not at any time did he not just be like, um, you know, Shayna. I know you're hurt. I know that you're you're going through this and everything, but and you quit your job. But you know, it even if you you know don't get a job making as much, you might just want to get a job. You know what I mean? Like I don't know how he could have delivered the message. I don't know how he should have delivered the message. I just know that if he was feeling a way about it, then he should have said something to me. Then it was actually his job to say something to me. Then because you're married to me, that's like. Those are those hard conversations. Who else was going to tell me? Literally nobody else told me because they don't live with me. You know, like they didn't know like how I was like really, I'm pretty sure people were like, oh, good for Shayna. You know, she worked all that you know, long years and stuff like that. I'm glad she's taking a break. Like, I'm pretty sure that was everybody's opinion from the outside looking in. But from the inside, like he had the, like, he, he had like, the like, he was right there with me. He knew that I was like, not thinking straight. You know what I mean? So I was just like baffled at like how this was all coming out a year later. You know what I mean? Like I said, many hurtful things, many hateful things um, were, were said. And I just, I, at that point in time, I just could not forgive him for the things that he said, because um, I didn't know that he felt that way about me. So now that I, like, now that, you know, you guys kind of know that, that's why I'm just like, you know what? I told my family this, and this is why I was trying to tell my family that like, you know, I do want a divorce. I do not think that I could be with this man. And they were like, okay, Shayna, like, yes, that is very rude. That is very, you know, um, uh, wrong, you know, for him to say those things. But you guys are married, so you guys like, you know, do you want to work this out? And like, I got to the point, you guys, where I was the hurt one. I was the one who was offended. I was the one who couldn't believe that my own husband was talking shit about me to my face like this. But I still found it in myself to be like, okay, I do want to work it out. So I'm like, okay, what did you tell your family or what did you not tell your family? Because um, like, why aren't they, why hasn't anyone reached out to me? I just think that's kind of weird. I just think that's kind of weird. Um, yeah, I do. And I just like growing up, you know what I mean? Like my parents were married, they're, they're divorced now, but my parents were married when I was growing up. And like my grandparents and like my, my dad's um, siblings were like very involved in like my parents, like everybody, like my family is just like, everybody helps each other. You know what I mean? And so I grew up seeing that. And so I don't know um, 
what that kind of like support looked like for him um, ever. Um, but yeah, it definitely had me feeling away, you guys. And so, hey guys, so as I was re-listening to um, the episode before I published it, I just, I had just a few notes that I feel like I, that were really important that I didn't share. So um, three things. So the first thing about my dad coming to town and trying to um, reach out to my ex-husband, a few things about that. First of all, um, I think that my dad was very shocked to see how I was living. And that's what made him call and call and call and call my ex-husband because like, um, I think I mentioned that, you know, I was, well, he knew that I was depressed. I just don't think that anyone knew the extent of like how I was living because nobody was like really like coming to my apartment and stuff like that, you know, but like, um, I was pretty much just like, um, I was, I was like just drinking and smoking. That's like all I was doing, you know? And my dad came to town and he stayed with me and he saw me doing that. And he was like, oh shit. Like I he was, and he asked me, he was like, so is this how you're coping with, with, with life? And I was like, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> and, um, so I think like that kind of like really, <clears throat> um, sped up like his sense of urgency to like kind of do something about the situation. And so that's why he was like, so like he was blowing my ex-husband up and I just like that frustrated me so much because I was just like, why did you ignore my damn dad? You know, like that is just so rude. So, um, so that's one thing. The second thing that I want to say is that this is actually very important is that, um, from the note that I read, or maybe we'll read, I don't know when I'll insert this, but from the note that I read about, um, the, the text that I sent him when I, um, wanted, when I asked for a divorce, the, the main thing there is that he acknowledged that he said very rude and hurtful things to me. And his point was that he was drunk. Like I said, at the beginning of the text, I said it was game night. And then you came home. Like, I think it was like game night. We were both at game night. We were both drunk, but I came home like first and went to sleep. And then he came home later and then he came home later and woke me up. So I start the text message saying like, it was game night. You came home and woke me up. Um, and his point to all of that was that like, yes, I was drunk. I did say those things. I should not have said them the way that I said them, but I was drunk. Therefore, you should forgive me because I was drunk. And that's important. That will be super important for the last episode or that will be important for why did I get divorced? Because um, there were a few more times that he said that I should forgive him for things that he said to me while drunk. Therefore, he must not have meant it or whatever. I don't know because he was drunk. Um, but yeah, that, that's like for him, it, it made it um, less harsh because it, and like it, it should have been excusable because he was drunk. And I just fully disagree. Like, I feel like everything that a person says when they're drunk is completely what they mean. And um, no, I'm not, I'm not giving you any passes because you were drunk. You said the shit and you meant it. Okay. And the last thing that I want to say um, about this damn truck is that I cannot emphasize enough. Like, definitely, this is something that he should have said to me. Not only did he see me doing all of this, he's the one who, he was at the dealership with me. Like, I did not go to the, the, the Dodge Jeep people dealership by myself. Like, he was there. Like, I drove my car the one that was like breaking down and he followed me there and like he sat with me throughout the whole car buying process like this entire process that you sat through for like however many hours that took 
you had so many opportunities to tell me like that you disagreed with what I was doing, but like you didn't. So I just found it very odd that it was like a whole year later. And like, he basically like brought up the fact that he disagreed with everything that I was doing from day one. Now, yes. Is that an uncomfortable conversation to have? Absolutely. Um, but it doesn't mean that just because it's an, an uncomfortable conversation to have that it shouldn't be said. Like, you're just going to have to get over the fact that it's fucking hard to say and just, like, say it. Like, you know, and that's my thing. So, anyway, just wanted to add that. Okay, bye. Or back to where I left off. Um, And then I will um, also say, because I said that um, a lot of these things that his family or no one um, ever knew, I will say that um, when we got back together, I was fully comfortable and prepared to never speak to his family ever again. And I went back in, like after the nine months were up and we got back together, I knew in my head, like I knew I was like, I'm never going to speak to his family again because they don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what I was on. And um, when we got back together, he and I, well, when we were talking about getting back together, I addressed it with him. I said, you know, you know, my parents and my, my, my sisters and stuff were reaching out to you, um, right, when we were separated. He's like, yeah. I said, do you know that nobody from your family, like your, your parents or like your brothers, nobody reached out to me? Did you know that? And he was like, damn, they didn't. And I was like, no. And he was like, I'm sorry. Like, and he was like shocked himself is what I'm trying to like get across is that like he was like, oh, I thought that they, no, nobody reached out to me. So like, I think that he agreed that that was wrong too. But um, where I was wrong is that I didn't tell him that I didn't really fuck with his family like that anymore because I didn't know how to like, I don't know. I just didn't know how to address it. You know what I mean? I think it's something that we definitely should have addressed like at some kind of like family meeting or something or a phone call. Like it should have just been like, you know, hey guys, I just want you to know that like I was going through a very tough time when, you know, me and him were separated for those nine months and it it just really hurt that like, I don't feel like I had support because I was in Texas. I was by myself. Like I didn't, I had, you know, those, those two couples <laughs> that reached out to me and my friends who I love very much. I appreciate everyone who like helped me just try to keep my head like during that time. But like, I felt like the, I should have had that support from his family and I didn't. So um, with that being said, it can, I, I thought that it was something that I can kind of get past. I didn't know like, if I was going to say this, if I was going to tell him this, like, hey, I don't really want to, you know, speak to your family. I don't want to go to Louisiana with you for the Christmas or the holidays or anything like that. Like, I just didn't know. But something that happened that just kind of confirmed that I just really, really, um, I just, I didn't like the way the, the relationship, kind of like how since he and I got back together, um, it's like his family kind of just like brushed over the nine months that we were separated and just like moved on and just like didn't address the elephant in the room. You know what I mean? And I'm not that kind of person. Like if something happened, like we're going to have to talk about it. We're not going to be able to like, you know, go, go over this. Like it didn't happen, you know? So this is what happened. So one time I was um, needing to get my car um, uh, registration or something like um, vehicle inspection. And so um, long story short, 
I couldn't get my vehicle inspected because I moved from Dallas County to Denton County and like I couldn't go in Dallas County. It was weird. And so I was like so annoyed because my registration was going to be like um, expired. And so I posted on Facebook, like just kind of like complaining, but also joking that I was like, did y'all know this, you know? And like many people on my, um, on that Facebook post were like, oh yeah, just, um, just, they were giving me advice on how to handle it. One person that commented on the thing was like his, his brother, his brother said, like, he was giving me all this advice on how to, you know, get my car re-registered and stuff like that. And I'm just looking at it like, dude, I have not spoken to you in nine months or more. But all of a sudden, you do remember me. You are like, you have been seeing my posts this whole time. Because like, you have all this advice on how I can get my truck inspected. But there has been zero advice given for like nine months. You know, then after the Facebook tech or comment that was given up to me from him. Um, then he calls my phone and I'm just like, at this point, like I'm just heated. And that's how I knew that I wasn't over the whole family situation. I was just like, I'm not over this because I don't get how this whole time, like, you know, like you have to know what happened. You know what I mean? Like you have to know what happened, but you didn't call my phone at all for that. But now you can call my phone for the inspection. Like, I just didn't answer the phone. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do this. Like, I just, it's like all the memories just started to come back um, of like how hurt I was from, you know, him, his, that his brother, his brother not reaching out to me for that time um, or anyone. And I was just like, you know what, I'm not over this. And I knew like that day that I was going to have to talk to my husband about it because there wasn't going to be like too many more times that things like that could happen. And I just kind of, um, you know, acted like I didn't see my phone ringing or whatever. He then texted me um, so the, some instructions on how to get my, my um, inspection. And I just texted him back, thank you. And that was it. So um, yeah, point of all of that is that, you know, Yes, I was very hurt when um, his family didn't reach out to me. Um, I didn't think that um, my family needed to be doing half as much as they were doing to try to, you know, talk some sense into him um, because he wasn't trying to hear anybody. Like, you know what I mean? He was just like, no, we're getting a divorce. Um, and I also, um, so, and also the second point is that I should have told my husband when we got back together that I felt that way about his family um, because that's huge, right? Like it's like there, there's not really a way that like he and I would have been able to be back together and um, me just like avoid his family, <laughs> you know, like I, I, but I, I kind of like in my head, that's what I was going to do, you know? Um, so that wasn't fair to him. Um, I guess luckily we never even had to cross that bridge because when we did um, decide to go ahead and split for the final time, um, you know, we, we, it's like over, over. Um, and so like, as far as the breakups go, I think like out of saltiness and um, just kind of like anger, like, yeah, I did block a few of his immediate family members um, from social media and from my phone. Um, because it's just like, I just don't think that they care anyway. Um, I don't think that, I think that, you know, he is their priority. And um I think that's very unfortunate because when you get married, you marry into a family. And I think that my family um, 
most definitely welcomed him. And my family was very um, hurt to, to find out that he and I were going to get a divorce the first time, you know? And yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know that I'm, I'm hoping that I'm even explaining this to where people are like, oh, okay, I get what she's saying. But um, yeah, just things like that are just, um, in my opinion, fucked up. And um, that's definitely something to consider when you, you know, get married is that you marry their family. And, um, and when you separate, um, even if it's like, even if it's kind of unclear if you're getting met together, right? I do think that there are some um, duties that family members, immediate family members have. Um, so yeah, there's that. The last thing that I'll say about family um, is just this like kind of last story about how I, I, it's kind of like one or two or three people. It's not like his whole family, but this is something that um, happened that I think that I, you know, I'm just not, I'm just not sure that I always felt supported, um, you know, in like by his family a lot of times when um, we were going through things. So when we got back together after the nine months, um, it just changed, you know, it just like our relationship was not the same. Um, we tried to make it the same, you know, but it just wasn't the same. Um, he was like, like I said, I was really wanting to like, settle down. Like I was really like, um, in the, with the mindset of like having kids and, you know, settling down. For some reason he just wanted to kind of still party. Um, I wasn't trying to do all that. Um, so he would be like out like, like all hours of the night. Um, now I knew that he was with family. I didn't have any concerns like with cheating or anything like that. You know, I knew that he was w with his family. Um, sometimes I would go with him and I would just be like, look, I'm not about to stay here all night. So I'll just like go home. Like, and I'll see you when you get home. But it got bad, um, at the end of our relationship there, um, where he was staying out to like three and four in the morning. And, um, I was waking up from my sleep in, and realizing that he wasn't home yet. And so, I would just be giving him shit about it, like directly, like, dude, there should never be a point where I wake up and you're not there. Like, that's just too late. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I don't care if it's, I, I just shouldn't, I shouldn't have to have that worry, you know, because now that I'm up, I can't go back to sleep. I'm worried about you. And if you're not answering the phone, it's even, you know, worse. And so we would get into arguments a lot about him staying out and him not communicating to me that he was out. Or he, you know, he'd be like, oh, I was drinking. I didn't think I'd be that, um, like, out that late or I fell asleep and, like, stuff like that. Whatever. Well, one night he was out and it was like, dude, I woke up. I want to say it was, like, 5 a.m. It was, like, hella late. And he wasn't home. And I was, like, um, I was legitimately concerned. Like, something about me, y'all, I'm not that kind of person to, like, I'm not going to blow up your phone, like, all missed calls, multiple missed calls and shit. Like that's not, I've never been able to be that kind of person, you know, like I'm not about to hit you up like that. Um, I shouldn't have to, because when you're my husband, you should just like be home, you know, like you shouldn't have, I shouldn't have to be waking up at five in the morning and like be looking for you. Um, but this day I, I, um, was worried. I was like, damn, it's five in the morning and I don't know where he's at. I don't have any missed calls from him. I don't have any texts from him. So I, I start freaking out and I knew like the family member's house that he was at. And so I, I called that person and like, I wasn't getting an answer. And so I start freaking out. I think I called that person's like 
wife. And I'm like, I'm calling everybody at this point, right? Because I was like scared. I, th- I was thinking something happened. And um, that was it. Like at that point, like, you know, he came home, blah, blah, blah. But then the next time I saw his family, um, it was like, they were kind of like teasing me about it. <laughs> like me freaking out at five in the morning, looking for my husband. They were like, ah, I remember that one time you like, uh, were calling everybody's phone because you were looking for him. I'm like, why is it so hard to understand that I'm looking for my husband at five in the morning? Like, yeah, I'm blowing up everybody's phone. I don't give a fuck if you were asleep. I don't care if I disturbed anything. Like, I'm just trying to make sure he's good. And like, why is this funny? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I just didn't see what the like what what people were finding funny in that. Um, and another opportunity, right, for his family and that support system to be like, hey, dude, five in the morning, your wife shouldn't have to be calling everybody's damn phone. You know what I mean? So it's just like. I just wasn't thrilled with the um, support <laughs> of um, some of um, of his family members. I just, I wasn't um, thrilled with it. I was, um, yeah, it was, it, it just had me feeling away. And um, yeah, that's family. Look at my notes. Yeah, that that's family. So um, that wraps up the the conversation on on friends, family, and finance. Like I said, if you guys have any um, questions or feedback or anything like that, it's kind of like speak now or forever hold your peace, because next week we will move on to um, um, why did I get divorced, and the week after that we will do um, life after marriage, and that is going to be the final episode on um, the marriage series. So, thank you as always for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.